Lead Generation Strategies for B2B Tech Companies, a podcast by Brightvision. Here, you will learn how to generate great leads from the most experienced B2B sales and marketing people. Your host today, and always, is Jakob Lövenbrand, CEO at Brightvision. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the B2B Legion podcast for tech companies. My name is Jacob Lovenbrand. I'm the managing director of Bright Vision as well as host of this podcast. And today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic that is not so common to talk about in B2B circles. So we are going to talk about five things B2B content marketeers need to know working with influencers. And we have an expert in that area with us here today, Lee Oden, who's a B2B marketing strategist, author, who is speaking at numerous events and so forth, and also CEO of Top Rank Marketing Agency. Welcome to our podcast, Lee. Hey, it's great to be here, Jacob. Love to talk about this topic. Yeah, so great to have you with us. So um, yeah, you're running an agency and an expert in influencer marketing, among other things. So uh, a short background of who you are and what you're up to. Sure. Uh, so I got into the digital or online marketing space uh, over 20 years ago in the late 90s uh, with SEO and you know with content and social. It was a natural evolution that we'd start to look at not only the findability of content, but also the credibility of content. And really, that's where influence uh, came into our mix of services that we consult with clients on. And really in B2B, you look at long sales cycles and you look at the volume of information that a lot of B2B buying committees have to consume before they can make recommendations and that sort of thing. And really uh, people are numb to advertising. They're numb to a lot of other formal marketing communications, but they are very open to um, advice from peers or people that they trust. And so influencers play a very important role in the B2B sales cycle and uh, that's really where I've, I've, we focused. And we do run programs for companies like Dell, SAP. Uh, we've done work for Adobe and Oracle um, and some other large telecom companies we can't name. But um, it's really exciting space, actually. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I, I know everyone knows about influencers and they're a little bit of our new rock stars to, to some extent, the Kardashians and all those kind of celebrities, <laughs> you know, we have these days. Uh, and I think that is maybe what most persons, uh, you know, uh, think about when we talk about influencers and, and uh, the sponsors of influencers and having them to promote stuff and so forth. But how do you bring that to the B2B space? How can you, can you describe a little bit how you define and, and what is influencer marketing from a B2B perspective? Really an excellent question because a lot of people do view the idea of influence through a consumer lens and these, you know, as, as you say, sponsored or ad, uh, you know, creators uh, putting up TikToks and, and YouTube videos or Instagram stories or whatever. And in B2B, it's very different. Uh, in consumer marketing, you know, you can be an influencer simply by declaring yourself an influencer, creating really interesting content and attracting an audience. And you really don't need to know anything uh, other than be a good, you know, have a lot of charisma. Um, and I'm generalizing, of course. 
Um, but in B2B, you have to be an expert in what it is that you're influential about. And the influence isn't something you um, uh, anoint yourself with. It influences something that is bestowed upon you because of the third-party recognition of your expertise, your authority. And so when working with B2B influencers, um, one of the big differences is that you know the validation of who they are and what they're influential about really is rooted in actual expertise. Uh, the other big difference is in consumer influencer marketing, most often brands are partnering with influencers to create content on the influencers' channels and promote it and publish it on the influencers' own channels to reach that audience. In B2B, more often what happens is brands, B2B brands are partnering with influencers, co-creating and collaborating on content, content that often uh, lives on the brand's channel. So the influencers are adding influence and credibility to the brand uh, content. And then, of course, the influencers do help amplify and, and uh, distribute that content as well. Uh, and there's a lot of other differences too, like uh, most B2C influencers are paid in B2B. The number of paid influencers is growing, but it's it's nowhere near what it is in, in consumer marketing. Oh, okay. That's great. So interesting. So um, you have actually helped a lot of clients setting up those things with influencers and so on. Is, is the process similar to the B2C influencer setups where you're, you know, look for somebody in the space and you sure. try to get agree with them and so on. Or what, what's the process look like if, if you're a marketeer and want to do something around influencer marketing? Uh, so sure. what can it look well, like? Well, it really starts with the understanding what it is that your brand needs to be influential about. Uh, what topic matters to your customers that you need to be more influential about? And then go about finding people who already have influence about those topics. Find ways that you can activate them, invite them to collaborate with you, to create content that is of mutual value. And a lot of influencer marketing, B2C or B2B, is campaign-centric. But in B2B, there's definitely a growing trend in what's called always-on, meaning you identify a group of influencers that you work with on an ongoing basis, and you allocate resources to managing those relationships on an ongoing basis. So you may activate them for a campaign. You have a big product launch, or you have some other big content asset that's going out, and you've, you know, you've invited your influencers to contribute their expertise to that content. Um, because if they do that, of course, they'll be motivated to help share it, make it successful. But there are also in-between activations, just informal sorts of things. Uh, I'm one of the Adobe Insider influencers, so I get to see both sides of the fence. And Adobe has these virtual happy hours about once a month or so. Um, and it inspires the influencers to you know, emotionally connect with the brand because we're talking about personal things and professional things. And that manifests in things like unsolicited third-party editorial, contributed articles to business publications that Adobe didn't even ask for um, because the influencers have heard about something interesting Adobe is doing in an informal setting. So always on is something that is definitely growing in the B2B space. And you have to think about what value you can create for the influencer, not just what you can get from them. Um, and that's what really builds a genuine relationship. And that's what you should think about when you're going to consider working with influencers. Ah, yeah. So interesting. And um, how do you find these persons? Uh, do you have a database or are you just looking around? Or 
That's a, another really great question because it's one of the top issues. We actually did a research study, the very first research study into B2B influencer marketing. Uh, there's an ungated uh, version of it. You can find it at 2020.influencermarketingreport.com. And in that research, we found one of the top challenges marketers have is finding influencers. So, you know, a lot of people make the big mistake of just going off the top of their head and asking their associates in the office or virtual office, as it were these days, uh, who they think should be part of a campaign. And really what's important is to rely on data. And as smart marketers, we know that data is, uh, you know, it's important for us to validate our assumptions uh, validate our hypothesis about who might be good partners for us to work with. So you can use software platforms that um, do include databases of influencers. Um, basically, they're like in the way that Google scrapes and crawls, you know, the web at large and then organizes the information in turn form of search results. Influencer marketing platforms do this with people, uh, primarily using social data, but they use other data, uh, public data uh, as well, and they organize individuals into um, not just categories. Uh, there is some um, there is some structured data to it, but um, they literally provide search results for people. So if I want to have someone uh, who's influential about cybersecurity, I can go into a platform like Tracker, T-R-A-A-C-K-R. I can go to Tracker or Analytica and I can type in cybersecurity as well as some other variations uh, of keywords. And I can find people, a list of people who are influential uh, about that topic. So um, in our case, a lot of people, uh, so once you find an influencer, it's not the easiest thing to get them to do something for you, right? So this is why... Um, if you can partner with an individual or an agency that already has a warm network of influencers that they're already working with, you can hit the ground running very, very quickly. Um, and you can, you know, rely on the fact that they, the, the agency or whoever will introduce you to people that they've worked with in the past. And this new brand is a new opportunity uh, for that influencer to grow their visibility in the marketplace and uh, or earn money or, or whatever it is, whatever the value exchange is. So um, you can find them manually and you can build the relationships organically. You can find them manually and you can uh, pay them or you can work with a partner who already has relationships. Mm. Okay, that's interesting. From a tactical position, how do you design a campaign where you can leverage the influencer to as large extent as possible, being very practical and tactical now. What, what's your sure. tips and tricks on that? You know, you have found your, you have your campaign, you have found an influencer you think is a good match and so forth. Um, how do you leverage that uh, very, very tactically? So think about have you, in the architecture of your campaign, um, let's say your campaign is a full life cycle, uh, full customer life cycle type of campaign. So it's not just about lead gen, it's about creating awareness, creating engagement, creating conversion, and maybe even maybe some retention elements to it after the sale. And as you identify the kinds of topics of the content you're going to publish uh, for each of those different stages of the buyer journey, you can find influencers that are very specific and useful uh, for those different stages. So for example, top of funnel, you know, you've got to make a splash. You've really got to get a lot of attention. So you're going to work with a different kind of influencer for top of funnel content we call a brand individual. This is a pro influencer, keynote speaker, book author. Um, they're really well known. They have a large following and they're also highly relevant on the topic. But the index 
the data point uh, that you're looking at most there is popularity and then relevance and then resonance with an audience. So those are the people that are celebrities in their industry and they'll help you make a big splash for that awareness building uh, element of your campaign. But then you start to get into, you know, consideration phase. Um, Now you're going to start talking to um, maybe employees that are influential, executives that are influential, or you may be talking to or partnering with um, people who are practitioners that are influential, right? Um, And people who are indexing really high on the relevance score um, and the resonance score, then popularity. So they're not going to be quite as popular. When you get to conversion, you're, you're going to be talking to clients uh, who are influential or customers who are influential, and they're going to index really high on the resonance uh, uh, score, um, meaning that when they publish something, when they talk about something um, about uh, relative to the topic you want to be influential about, um, the audience reacts, uh, the engagement level is really high, right? Um, so if, when you map out the kinds of content you're going to implement for the campaign, you match influencers by topic and by um, stage in the buying journey. And that's where you can really get the most bang for your buck. Um, what a lot of people do is they just generically pick someone who's tweeted about a particular topic and they blogged about that topic. And then they just use them generally to add some sort of pull quote to an article, a white paper, a blog post, newsletter, or whatever. That's okay. Um, that'll get your feet wet, but really if getting more sophisticated about it gets you better results. Ah, so interesting to hear. So, um, have you any examples when you have seen this work or, or uh, maybe parts of it work when, when you have uh, been involved in some campaign? Sure. So uh, I'll use an example like, um, oh, link, well, LinkedIn. So we've been doing, uh, we've been running an influencer program for LinkedIn's marketing and sales solutions. Um, so if the target audience is people who want to advertise on LinkedIn. And uh, another target audience is people who might want to buy sales navigator if you're familiar, uh, from LinkedIn. Yeah. So the the objective here was an always-on effort to identify key voices uh, in the marketing and sales industry um, that we could partner with over the long run. So rather than just make a list of influencers and ask them to co-create an ebook or something, which we do, and that's a fine tactic. um, In the case of LinkedIn, um, a group of 50 to 75 people were identified in marketing and sales, and the, an effort was made to organically nurture genuine relationships with these people, meaning that they were followed, they were engaged with on social, um, they were messaged, they were invited for to do, you know, have conversations and that sort of thing. Um, and that occurred over a couple of months. And then um, activations started to occur. So by the time we asked them to do stuff like contribute, um, uh, contribute to a blog post or to be a part of a live stream video interview or something like that. They were very warm. They were very ready. They were already uh, vetted, if if you will, as advocates for the brand. And the rationale behind all this is some people might think, well, why would LinkedIn need to work with influencers? It's like, it's the, you know, B2B marketing platform, if you will. Um, there is still a lot of competition for advertising, uh, for sales tools. Uh, LinkedIn isn't just a resume database, obviously. So it's not just a place to recruit people. So still LinkedIn has the uh, opportunity to make itself known as a great place to advertise, uh, as a, a great sales tool. And getting people who have the attention of customers around those topics as partners 
uh, would further reinforce LinkedIn's relevance for those ideas, you know, um, to instigate not only, uh, you know, word of mouth credibility, but also content assets that could be used for demand gen campaigns or lead gen campaigns, right? And so um, LinkedIn had quite a bit of success with this. Um, uh, they were able to build a community of over 75 uh, marketers and uh, or marketers and salespeople, and they conducted campaigns, um, what we call social first campaigns. That means that we're not asking people to leave the, the, the platform. We're, we're just activating them on the platform itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, they literally had thousands of percent greater reach and engagement than things LinkedIn had done on their own platform before, right? Um, and this is 100% organic. So these were not paid engagements. Um, and, uh, and and as they go on, and there's some things I can't talk about, especially things related to actual lead gen numbers and that sort of thing. But um, the program is over two years old and they're continuing uh, the program and they're continuing to grow the program. So we have lots of other examples. I mentioned that research study. There's four different case studies within that research study at 2020.influencermarketingreport.com that people can check out. And again, that's ungated. So feel free to check it out and have fun. Do you work as a sales, marketing, or channel manager and would like to generate great leads to your B2B tech company? Then we are here for you. By creating a qualified sales pipeline and strengthen your position in the tech industry, we help you grow. Depending on your needs, we use effective strategies like inbound marketing, telemarketing, account-based marketing, and paid media. Get more information on brightvision.com. Yeah, so so interesting. So uh, awesome. And how... Is there any pushback from from these uh, social influencers that might not recognize that them are they are influencers? Maybe they're just running a blog or you know a thought leader talking right. in conferences. How how what's the reaction when you approach them with uh, with a pitch to get involved in a LinkedIn campaign, for example? Really good question. So this is a big mistake a lot of people make, and if they approach someone they de- I feel is an influencer, assuming the influencer thinks of themselves that way and assuming that the influencers just, gosh, I sure hope a brand contacts me today and asks me to do something for them. When brands do approach things without the empathy in that way, uh, they often fail. So it's very important to do due diligence and do your homework on what it is that motivates that influencer. Uh, what kind of content are they creating? What initiatives are they part of? And we find with organic advocacy, um, it really is about finding opportunities to serve the greater good of the industry, meaning that the campaign itself is content that actually lifts the industry up with best practices and knowledge and information um, that facilitates relationships between the influencer you're targeting and other people that they respect that are also influencers, right? Mm So, you come to the invitation. You come to the pitch more as an invitation first by recognizing the credibility and the actions that that influencer are taking. You know, the you're, you're recognizing the work that they're doing to advocate or to advance the industry, and then you make the transition to here's how an opportunity that our brand is uh, um, involved with uh, can help you advance what you're already doing. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearly, like a brand individual influencer, they're very interested in getting exposure. They're easy. You just ask them, hey, we've got a great exposure opportunity for you. They're like, yeah, I'm down. I'm ready. You know, you're a well-known brand. I'm happy to participate. But for someone else who doesn't think of themselves as an influencer, like sometimes academics or um, very technical folks within a company, um, they're, you're doing your homework to identify, well, what are the things that they do care about and find a way that your activation opportunity or your pitch can help them get what they want. Yeah, that's a great uh, answer. And <laughs> a final thought as from a marketer and, and also a managing director. How do you measure? How do you know mm-hmm. that this influencer relationship has actually paid off? Sure, sure. So, so in our case, we focus very much on content as an as a product of the influencer relationship, meaning that we're looking for content to... Um, be a, a result of our collaboration, uh, not just advocacy. So all the content marketing metrics um, you would have uh, in terms of you know uh, attract, engage, convert, which are is one way that we segment that. It's a, a, the degree to which we are attracting uh, traffic to content assets, engagement with the content itself, and then of course conversion, whether people are downloading or subscribing or um, you know, they become a lead because they make an, in, uh, an inquiry of some kind or literally, you know, all the way to sales. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to that, there are influencer specific metrics. So when we use a platform like Tracker, Analytica or whatever, um, you do have tracking URLs for everything you give to the influencers to share. So uh, that's going to give you a lot of metrics around something as simple as to, to how many leads do we get because of what that influencer shared? Uh, we can all go upwards uh, in terms of KPIs uh, to the superficial, like social shares and that sort of thing. We can understand which influencers are working best for us. Um, we can look at sentiment of those influencers. We can look at the degree to which their audience reacts to what the influencer shares, whether the, it turned into a conversion or not. And we can really get some ideas around share of voice around the topics that we want to be influential about. So you take some benchmark measurements with your group of influencers that you're working with, and you try to, you know, you get a, a measurement of, okay, how often are they talking about my cybersecurity company um, in a positive way uh, as a starting point? And then after we work with those influencers for a month or two or three or four months, we use our influencer marketing platform analytics to give us a uh, uh, measurement on the increase in frequency and quality in which that group of influential people are talking about our brand in a positive way about the topics that we want to be influ- influential about, right? So there's those sorts of metrics as well. And we can correlate that against our uh, marketing campaign ROI metrics. So in other words, if we see that, oh, wow, the lift in uh, influencer sentiment and frequency of which talking about our brand in the context of this topic has gone up and all also look, uh, the performance of our campaign is also elevated, uh, from a conversion standpoint or not. That's good. Yeah. It sounds really, uh, straightforward. So that gives you the proof <laughs> to actually back up those investments and those campaign bodies. So definitely interesting. Uh, what do you think? We will see more about more of, uh, influencer marketing in the B2B space in the coming year? I think we will. Um, We've seen quite an increase um, uh, in 2020 was our best year ever 
mm-hmm. as a B2B influencer marketing agency. So uh, that happening during a pandemic is sort of a sign, I think, of the times in terms of brands increasingly investing in relationships with influential voices as a way to create authentic content, as a way to reach and engage audiences that are ignoring other forms of marketing and advertising. So I think we're only going to see more of that, especially as things start to open up. Uh, B2B companies have found that their go-to-market models during the pandemic are actually working. Digital first has become the norm for B2B more than ever. And influencers play a pretty important role in that. Yeah. I, I totally agree. This sounds like yeah something we, we will see more of and, and that will probably snuck into more and more marketing budgets uh, the coming year. So yeah, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all these uh, nuggets and insights. People who want to um, know more about you and uh, your uh, agency, Top Rank Marketing, and um, where can we send them? Sure. Uh, thanks, Jacob. It's great to, to, to be here and, and I enjoy talking with you about this. Um, well, they can certainly find our agency at toprankmarketing.com and uh, that's where they can connect with our blog. We've been publishing a blog since 2013. Um, uh, I've myself written over 1.4 million words uh, on various marketing topics at that blog. So um, there's a great resource there. And you can certainly find me on channels like LinkedIn or Twitter, L-E-E, last name is Odin, O-D-D-E-N. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, please check out that report and uh, go to that LinkedIn page and you will learn more about the influencer marketing. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Lee. Thank you for listening to Lead Generation Strategies for B2B tech companies. Don't forget to subscribe. You will find it where podcasts live. Discover how we can help you with your lead generation activities at brightvision.com.